Debs here, and welcome to another episode of Movies with Debs. Today, instead of talking about a specific movie, I wanted to talk about a topic that has probably been at the forefront of everyone's minds. The coronavirus. And I know, you're probably thinking, seriously Debs, do you want to add to everyone's stress? And no, I don't. But I am also running a podcast that's supposed to inform you of the most important happenings in film, and this is the biggest problem the industry is currently facing. But don't worry, while I will talk a bit about the virus's negative impact, I actually want to spend the bulk of our time looking for a silver lining, because I strongly believe that in every crisis, there's an opportunity. And right now, the film industry is facing a very complex, unusual, and unprecedented issue that could be the perfect breeding grounds for innovation. So while today's episode will start off kind of grim with the damages, hopefully we'll end things on a slightly brighter note. So damages. Currently, the global film industry has already lost over $7 billion due to the coronavirus. And analysts predict that by the time everything blows over, the film industry will have lost $20 billion. But that's assuming things will die down by the end of May. If the disease continues to be an issue beyond that, there's no knowing just how big and how bad the financial impact will be. So what are the reasons for this huge financial loss? Well, a huge part of it has to do with declining box office revenues, as theaters around the world are closing down to prevent the spread of the virus. This practice began earlier this year in China, when the government ordered all 70,000 theaters in the nation to shut down. This obviously delivered a huge blow to the box office, as China is the second largest film market in the world. But this blow, it was all the more painful because the government issued this order during the Lunar New Year holiday. That is typically when the Chinese box office is booming. So booming that usually the government enacts a blackout period, meaning foreign films cannot play in Chinese theaters at this time so that domestic films can reap all the benefits. To give you a sense of scale, last year during the Lunar New Year holiday, the Chinese box office hauled in over $1.7 billion. But this year, it managed a measly $4.2 million before everything closed down. In other parts of the world, theaters are also shutting their doors, like in Italy and in the U.S. where I live. But honestly, even if theaters tried to stay open, I don't think anyone would show up. In fact, during the second week of March, when all major theaters were still open in the U.S., the U.S. box office hit a 22-year low, even with major titles like Pixar's new movie Onward playing. But aside from box office revenue decline, another reason why the industry is bleeding money is because major movies that were supposed to have their splashy premieres in the coming months have all had to push back their release dates, mostly because theaters are closing down. For example, the Disney live-action version of Mulan was originally slated to premiere at the end of March, but has now been postponed indefinitely. The next installment of James Bond, No Time to Die, was supposed to come out in April, but has now been pushed out to Thanksgiving. The ninth installment of the Fast and Furious franchise was supposed to premiere this summer, but now it's looking at a date sometime in 2021. You're probably thinking, 
But why would this be an issue, Debs? After all, the movie has already been made. Where's the loss? The answer? Promotions. Studios have spent tons of marketing dollars on these movies to build excitement and momentum towards a certain release date. But now, all of those dollars have gone down the drain. In fact, the three films I just mentioned had actually all played Super Bowl ads, totaling $15 million in ad spend. That is now no longer effective promotion, and studios will have to spend another round of marketing dollars to build excitement towards new release dates. But it isn't just movies that have already been made that are running into issues. Movies that haven't yet been made are also giving the industry a financial headache, as many productions have come to a grinding halt due to the virus. Mission Impossible had to stop filming in Italy when the coronavirus broke out there, and Disney has paused filming for the live-action version of The Little Mermaid in upcoming Marvel movie Shang-Chi. Analysts estimate that Disney, from halting production on those two movies, would lose anywhere from $300,000 to $350,000 per day. Why? Because even though production has been paused, there are still certain overhead costs and departments that still need to be up and running to maintain these projects. So overall, the global film industry is going to take a huge financial hit. But then there's also damage from the virus that cannot be captured by mere dollars. For example, one problem that personally breaks my heart is the massive unemployment for below-the-line workers in film. These are the members of the production crew, like the people responsible for operating the cameras, lights, and sound. Many of them have lost their jobs as production stalled due to the virus. And because these people are all technically freelancers and not an employee of any one company, they don't have things like health benefits or paid leave during this time. Similar to how people in the gig economy are being adversely impacted by the disease, the same goes for these workers. In the U.S., it's estimated that about 120,000 below-the-line workers have already lost their jobs due to the coronavirus. They don't have a paycheck, they don't have benefits, and what's worse is that no one knows for how long all of this will continue. So the coronavirus has delivered not only a huge financial blow to the global film industry, but it has also brought up a lot of many other issues. But as I had mentioned earlier, in every crisis, there are opportunities. And this may be a chance for the industry to get creative during this unusual time. We can already see some of that creativity in action by how production teams are now leveraging tools like Zoom to do virtual table reads and how many celebrities are becoming self-sufficient in content production, like all the late night show hosts who are still keeping their shows alive and running from the comforts of their home. But there are two groups within the film industry that I think have a lot of opportunity at this moment. The first, streaming platforms. Obviously, one of the biggest winners right now is the streamers. With more people staying indoors, it seems like the most popular form of home entertainment is to watch videos online. In fact, so popular is streaming that Europe has asked Netflix, YouTube, and many other major platforms to decrease their video quality because the internet there just can't handle the sudden increase in consumption. In the US, Verizon said that streaming jumped 12% the week after states like California started shelter-in-place measures. 
So now is really streaming's time to shine. So how can they really lean into this opportunity? Aside from smart marketing to get more subscribers, I think it might be good for these platforms to consider how they can make things more social. People love to connect over great content. And now, more than ever because of the physical distancing, people are craving for some kind of social connection. For example, there's a Chrome extension called Netflix Party that has gained quite a bit of traction over the last few weeks. This extension basically allows you to co-watch Netflix content with friends who also have a Netflix account. It's a great way to have fun and stay connected with your loved ones, especially during this unusual time. So why don't streamers incorporate social functions directly into their platforms? After all, it might make the streaming platform stickier, not only during the coronavirus, but also after, because ultimately, we as humans have an innate desire to connect with one another. And if streamers can incorporate social elements into their platform for the long haul, maybe people will not only increase consumption during the coronavirus, but also continue to stay on the platform long after and not cancel their subscriptions. So what are some potential ideas? Well, I guess one way would be to integrate co-viewing capabilities into the platform, but honestly, that seems like a pretty heavy lift for a feature that might not be as relevant once the coronavirus settles because people might just return to co-watching in person instead of virtually. But I do think there are other cool social features that could be added to make social connections fun and relevant during this time and beyond. For example, I wonder if video streaming platforms can adopt the social networking concept of a follow, like on Spotify. I think one of the reasons why Spotify is such a popular music streaming platform is not only because of its smart algorithms and curated playlists and wide library of content, but also because of its social networking component, like the ability to follow your friends, to see what they're listening to, the public playlist they've created, and in some cases, the music they've created on their own. This allows you to not only stay connected with your friends and see what they're up to musically, but it also allows you to potentially discover new music, which in turn gives you a reason to stay on the platform, especially if you find something you like. Wouldn't it be great if video streaming platforms could also allow us to follow friends? For me, personally, I'd love to see what my friends are watching and what they'd recommend, because it helps me to, one, combat decision paralysis, and two, discover new content, both of which keep me on the platform longer and give me a reason to continue my subscription. To elaborate, for decision paralysis, there are just too many options for what I can watch, and there have been times when I just felt so overwhelmed and frustrated trying to make a decision that I just turned off my TV and did something else instead. But if I could follow friends and see what they're watching or what they'd recommend, I could easily just start my watching journey from there. As for discovering new content, as much as I love smart recommendations based on my past viewing history, there are times when I want something new, and most platforms aren't particularly good at handling that kind of scenario, aside from pushing me to all the original shows they're promoting to everyone. But if I follow my friends, maybe their watch list might highlight some hidden gems or interesting content I've never heard of before, and I can start branching out into new genres, which gives me a reason to keep watching. This is also technically great for the platform because now they have even more data on me, not only on what I already like to watch, 
but also on my emerging favorites, which means they now have more info to work with in enticing me to stay on the platform. But aside from connecting with people you already know, like your friends, I wonder if there's also an opportunity for streaming platforms to build something that connects you with strangers. The example that comes to mind is a video streaming platform called Viki, which brings a lot of Asian content to global viewers. So think a site that specializes in bringing things like Korean dramas, Chinese variety shows to audiences outside of Asia. Quick disclaimer, I used to work there. But what I think makes the streaming platform unique is that it's highly social and the users love to connect with one another, even if they're complete strangers from different countries. One social function in particular that has high usage and engagement is the timed comments. Basically, the way it works is that as you watch something, you could insert a written comment at any point, and that comment would be visible to all other viewers once they get to that particular timestamp. So for example, if I left a comment four minutes and 25 seconds into episode one, anyone watching that episode at any time would see my comment pop up in the corner at four minutes and 25 seconds. So basically, as you're watching the show or movie, there would be these mini comments popping up in the corner where you could see people react to shocking plot developments, try to predict what will happen next, or just simply point out how handsome or meme-worthy someone is. Viewers, of course, can also choose to turn off the time comments if they're too distracting, but more often than not, people choose to leave those on and even participate in it. I think this unique social element is probably why Vicky is still alive, while some of its competitors in this space, like Drama Fever, have shuttered their doors. Because when you make something social, it becomes stickier, and the fun of interacting with someone makes you less likely to leave the platform. That's literally why social media has taken the world by storm. So maybe streaming platforms can start considering certain social elements to keep people watching for long periods of time, not only during the coronavirus, but also beyond. Aside from streamers, a second group of people that also have a bit of opportunity here is the theaters. Yes, they've been hit hard by the coronavirus, but I think this forced downtime is actually a great opportunity to reflect on the business and how they have to pivot and innovate to survive moving forward. I think the coronavirus has exposed a key weakness for theaters, the fact that their entire business rests on only one service, giving people a physical space to watch movies together. That's why when the coronavirus came hurling in, these theaters were screwed because they had all of their eggs in one basket. Sure, some of them have been testing the concept of virtual theaters during this unusual time and have people pay to watch certain movies online, but it's hard to get people to pay the price of a monthly subscription service to watch just one movie. So theaters are seeing minimal revenue during this time. And even worse, some distributors are starting to experiment with bypassing theaters and directly releasing new movies to audiences on demand, like NBC Universal, which pulled the new Trolls movie from the theatrical release calendar and made it available to stream. So theaters need to start thinking how they can survive as everything around them is changing, especially due to the virus. And I know some people have said that maybe the coronavirus will kill theaters. And I think that's a bit dramatic. I don't think that will be the case. But they will be severely weakened. 
And I don't think they can ever fully recover if they don't start innovating. I don't think they'll die because I think it's telling that major blockbuster movies still want a theatrical release and are not going direct to home viewing. That's because anyone doing math will know that movie ticket sales will bring in more revenue than a pay-per-view model. That's probably why, although NBC Universal released Trolls directly on home viewing, it's still saving the next Minions movie, which is supposed to come out this year, for the theaters. So I think theaters will be able to reopen their doors after the coronavirus and not have to worry about whether they will have a pipeline of compelling content. But one scary unknown right now is whether people will show up. When China temporarily reopened some theaters for a few days, practically no one showed up because the fear of the coronavirus was still lingering in everyone's minds even as the number of new cases in the country started to decrease. So once the virus subsides, I think, sure, some people will come out to the movies, but how long will it be till movie-going rates go back to what we saw before the coronavirus? Not sure which is why theaters could be in a financial rut for a while, and I don't think things will get better unless they start to get creative and make some big changes. That's why I think they should use this downtime to come up with a game plan for how they can diversify their business offerings, because with more product lines and more services, or in other words, having eggs in multiple baskets, theaters could become stronger and more stable as a business. I mean, look at Amazon. They started off as a bookseller, but now they have their hands in everything from groceries to entertainment to technology. And that's why they're thriving when most everyone else is in crisis mode. Similarly, theater started off as a physical gathering place for people to watch movies. But are there ways for them to go beyond that and build a robust business? One potential avenue to explore is technology. IMAX, Dolby, 3D, there have been so many technical innovations in film exhibition. And maybe theaters can start creating their own proprietary technology and license it out to others. For example, Dolby creates a lot of audio technology and licenses that out to manufacturers who then create and sell equipment to theaters or even individual consumers who want quality speakers and headphones at home. Maybe theaters should brainstorm and create proprietary tech to not only sell B2B, but also directly to consumers. That tech could relate to film exhibition, or it could be outside of that. Like if there are softwares or tools they have created to better streamline certain business processes, such as ticket sales, there could be opportunities there. Another avenue theaters can explore is partnering with streaming platforms. I know that historically theaters have had a very tense relationship with streamers, especially when some of them, like Netflix, have advocated that movies bypass the typical 90-day theatrical window. But given the rising prominence of streamers, which has only been accelerated by the coronavirus, maybe now's a good time for theaters to accept this new reality and figure out how they can work with streaming. It's actually interesting that AMC, one of the largest theater chains in the U.S., recently hired someone to oversee partnerships with streaming platforms. Maybe that's an indication that theaters are realizing they need to put aside traditional ways of business and evolve with the times. Also, another interesting fact is that AMC recently started its own on-demand rental business, indicating an attempt to have some presence in the streaming space. The rental space is already pretty crowded as most major platforms like YouTube, Amazon, Google, and Apple all have rental options, so it might not be the best move, 
but at least it shows that one theater chain is thinking about how to diversify its business lines. So while the coronavirus has definitely hit the film industry hard, it has also opened up some opportunities. People have been getting creative about how to shift certain productions to virtual, and there are opportunities for streamers and theaters to innovate. For streamers, it's leaning into their current advantage and experimenting with how they can become stickier and keep audiences on their platform longer, not only now, but also for the future. For theaters, it's time to reflect on their business and to create a game plan for how they can innovate and survive in a world that will only continue to change. So that's all from me for today. Thanks for tuning in, and please stay safe during these crazy times. Keeping you all in my prayers, and I hope we get out of this safe together.